I'm Grace, and I'm the host of this podcast, She Builds Me Up. She is my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my mentor, and my inspiration. She's the everyday woman that surrounds me all the time. We laugh together, we cry together, and we love together. I value her because of the amazing gifts she shares with me. Come and join my tribe and let's build something amazing together. This is where we uplift one another, we let our guards down, we invest fully in one another, and we become stronger by doing so. Together, we are going to get into the nitty gritty of this weird world of adult friendships. We're going to combat our challenges and have fun while doing it. Okay, so here I am sitting in my kitchen with my friend Melinda on the phone. Melinda, if you want to say hi. Hi. And she is lives two what two hours away from me. Oh gosh, it's it's too far. It's I too. Say it's, it's way too far. Hours, way too far. Is just... it? Where exactly do you? I don't even know. I know you live near Tawanda. Do you live in Tawanda? No, I live thirty minutes past Tawanda, going towards New York. Wow. So I live really, really close to the New York border. Okay. So there's yeah, there's some distance there. Yeah. Yeah. So Melinda and I met, well, technically we hadn't met yet, but I went to a church conference and I had girls camp on my mind because I was planning it. And there was a speaker at state conference and you were the speaker. (laughs) And the topic was on loving yourself or something along those lines. And I just immediately knew that I had to get you to come to girls camp. And so fortunately, we had a mutual friend. She reached out to you and you came. Yeah. And it was, was just amazing. A, an amazing experience for everybody. Like everyone was crying, good tears. <laughs> you talked about um, self-worth and all that. And anyway, so that's how we met. And then it was just, I feel like you're one of those people where like I only had to meet you once to be, feel instantly like we are friends. Do you know what I mean? Like I, Yes. And it was, it was so much the same for me because I remember walking into... <laughs> You talk about me speaking at, at state conference, which was just a really incredible experience in and of itself. Yes. And it's in one of our really beautiful stake centers, and they're they're beautifully designed and and just just so full of so many people. And then going to girls camp, and it's this it's this shack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, but I mean, but like wonderful, like yes. like the the spirit of peace and calm and goodness that you feel is it, it, it really does permeate, you know, these very simple rustic buildings, but it was just, it's just kind of funny, you know, whenever you think about the differences of it and yeah, I hadn't, I had not met you at state conference, but right. then I did meet you just walking in there that first time going there and I saw you and it was, yeah, it was great. And you were just, I, I feel the same way. You're just yes. this incredible person, and it felt like, oh gosh, Grace. She's one of she's one of those people you need to have in your pocket. Yes, you know, you're the same way. It's so funny. My dad, growing up, my his advice to me because I grew up painfully shy and I never knew how to make friends, and so I didn't have a lot. Meaning at first, <sighs> until I got into my comfort zone, and then I could make friends. But right. his advice to me was always like, "Well, who do you think is a cool person? Just go up and start talking to him." <laughs> And I'm like, well, I don't know. And so then when I saw you at girls camp, that like thought came to my mind. And I was like, I just need to go over and like act like we're best friends because we need to be best friends. So and, and we, and it, you know what? It's incredible to hear you talk about that. I think that's such a unique thing that, you know, you talk about how you were 
this shy person and you still you still have encounters with like that old part of yourself yes but if you didn't tell people that nobody would ever know i know everyone's surprised you do come forward with so much confidence and and self-assurity because that's how it was too like meeting you at girls camp was so much the same way and it was and it, it wasn't just that you were confident in like having an interaction with me but you're just you're driving this entire huge train of so many people of so much to organize and keep on track and you were just you were just in it you had you just had all the confidence and that and that is that is so much there's so much enjoyment being able to talk to someone that can hold their own energy and doesn't need that conversational validation yes yes from other people and and that is that is an exceptional quality well you are so kind my love language is words of affirmation so of course i'm just eating this right up (laughs) um But I want to um, talk about you for a second, and I want you, so you are a photographer, and so yes. I want you to kind of tell us about your business and, like, what you do, because you're more than a photographer, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, I feel like that's very much how it is, too, and that's really how I try to, to have it be. So I, I am a photographer, and I own, my business is called Fox Photography by Monda Fox, and I really I create experiences I create really really exclusive experiences that celebrate every person that steps in front of my camera we were I'm really just trying to focus on celebrating their divinity and their value you know if you go through and you read my social media accounts and you read my social media posts I think those two words are probably the words that I use <laughs> the most is I'm I'm constantly talking about about value and so these experiences that I have and it's it's the photo shoot experience it's it's having wardrobe organized it's having a makeup artist that comes in and takes care of my clients it's having this photo shoot where I'm guiding people on how to move because that's that's such a scary thing like being photographed is so intimidating and the thing is is people want to look good you know, they want yeah. to look good in pictures and they want to feel good and they want to enjoy looking at those pictures afterwards. But man, you, you pull up a camera and like you put someone in front of it and we get so awkward. We really, like I do, <laughs> I get awkward. I know how to, I, I know how to move my body. I know how to move other people's body, but it's really, really hard and, and people feel very, very vulnerable. And so I want to get this really beautiful essence of who people are and in doing that I have to make them feel really not just comfortable with me like that's that's secondary I I like to think that if we just can spend a little bit of time together then people can feel comfortable with me mm-hmm. but I have to get them to feel comfortable with themselves yes and that that's that is like a different world yeah you know because there's there is so much to the person that comes and wants me to photograph them. There's just so much to who that person is. Mm-hmm. And so these, it really is just an experience. You know, there's multiple times that I'm meeting people. There are so many conversations and so many of them are so private. I can't even, I can't even share half 
of the conversations that I have because yeah. they're that they're that close mm-hmm. to who that person is and they're that vulnerable and they're that real that it just it becomes a really sacred connection that I have with these people and so they're they're very individually created you know they're really centered around how people want to be seen you know do people want to be seen as as strong and powerful the people want to be seen as as feminine you know i remember one of the most recent people that i photographed she's just she's so beautiful she's such a beautiful woman and it's and it's it's so obvious to me mm-hmm. you know and but i feel like i feel like that with everybody i feel like it's so obvious like i look at people i am constantly just mesmerized mm-hmm. i think maybe i make people uncomfortable because like i make aggressive amounts of eye contact <laughs> because I'm so drawn to the beauty that I see there. But this, this woman was very beautiful. And I remember her telling me that she felt like she was oftentimes too masculine and she wanted to be able to embrace this really beautiful feminine side of Mm -hmm. who she was. And I remember just being like, what, how do you not do this all the time? But, you know, having more of a conversation with her and we realized, okay, this is, this is what you want. This is what we need to do. And so it's, you know, my goal is to just help people see who they are, make sure that they're comfortable with themselves. And then we, I take beautiful, memorable legacy pictures of them. And, and then we print them because that's another really big part of what I do. Everything, everything that I create for people is meant to be printed. It's all meant to, Oh gosh, it's it's meant to hang in their home. It's meant to be the first thing that they see when they walk in their bedroom. It's meant to be yeah. the centerpiece that sits on their piano yeah. in their in their dining space. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just these tributes to who they are. And mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm constantly just really I'm really humbled by it because I think about what I do and sometimes I have to remind myself that what is being created is going to outlive me yeah these people who have children their grandchildren are going to be holding these their grandchildren are going to be keeping these as monuments to where they came from and that you know I I just I think of that I just am so I'm I'm astonished I'm constantly I'm constantly just blown away by so many aspects of of what this is and how transformative it is for yeah. every person. I've, I have yet to photograph someone who has not said that this has changed them. Yeah. And it's not, it's not because I say anything truly profound. You know, I'm definitely, I'm not, I'm not that complex of a being to be able to say things that are going to, I think shift people that much. But what I think it really is, is people, they see something that they've always wanted to see and, and they see beautiful parts of themselves. Yeah. And sometimes I think people get lost and, and they just, they don't get to see it or they saw it once and they never saw it again or something happened and it buried it. And so we, we find it and we prove to them that, no, this is, yeah, this is who you are and they see it. And that, that seeing themselves that's transformative that's what is so powerful I love that and I love listening to you talk about your work because it's just in reading your captions I don't usually read captions on Instagram but I always make an (laughs) exception I make an exception for yours because they're just so powerful 
So I'll definitely link your Instagram account once we post about this episode. But I feel like what you just ta- what you just talked about segues really well into our topic, which first of all is we're kind of going from self worth, which we've talked about a couple times on the podcast. But then you're talking about a more important aspect. But first, before we get into that. I was like, how did you come to feel so strongly about self-worth, self-value, and like, why is this such an important topic to you? So I, I wish, I, I really, I really wish that I could say that I listened to a conference talk, or I read a verse of scripture, or I read another book, or had a really incredible conversation with some profound individual. Like, I wish I could say that that's what kind of put me on this path to, like, self-value of really understanding, or or at least trying to walk the road that's going to lead me to really understanding who I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was none of that. It was none of that that did it. It was actually business which is so crazy to say that, that business would lead me to incredible amounts of self-value, more so than I had ever experienced in my life. So it was about, oh gosh, it was so crazy. I don't know why someone did not stop me from doing this, because it was like the craziest time to decide to go into business. I was... I had just had my boys. I have twin boys, Mm -hmm. and they were about three months old. And I decided... And it had to have been lack of sleep. Clearly enough oxygen was just not (laughs) getting to Mm -hmm. my brain and it was just messing with everything. But I decided, I was like, you know what, what if I turn this photography thing into a business and like not, not just an okay business, but what if this was a really incredible business? What if, what if this was, was really unique and, and what if it could be really successful? And, and like those were kind of the thoughts in my head. And so kind of went on this search to find photographers that were doing that like not just photographers that were kind of barely getting by but industry makers in this world of portraiture and I stumbled into the woman that is still currently I still very much follow her she's still a mentor of mine and and her business and her business model and really what she emulates is so much a part of what I do but um her name is Sue Bryce mm-hmm. and it was just really life-changing but I stumbled into a video of hers on YouTube and it was years old when I watched it and and I watched this video about three and a half years ago this was my first encounter with Sue Bryce and and this whole this whole talk that she gave was about like about fear and how that plays a really intense role in our life. And, but really like the underlying theme was kind of like self value and understanding yourself and honoring yourself. Um, and, and a lot of what she said was really transformative, but the one trigger point, and I, and I remember this and it's so, it is so burned into my head. And I would have to say that if there was, if there was a tipping point for me, in, mm-hmm. in the world of deciding, okay, I have to change. Yeah. I have to learn to not, not just love myself. Cause I think that sometimes that's such a thrown around word, mm-hmm. but, but honor myself, just, yeah. just honor me that it, it would be, it would be this. And then she talked about how she learned how to love herself by watching her mother love herself. And I also have a six year old daughter and, and I love my daughter very, very much. And whenever I heard Sue Bryce say this in that talk, it just, I just, 
I felt it just in, like, in my soul in such a deep, deep way. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I have to, I've got to, I've got to change some stuff because I do not, I do not want my daughter carrying around what I'm carrying around. Because, because what if, what if self-hatred is generational? Yeah. Like, what if your inability to love yourself and care for yourself is not just your burden? Mm-hmm. What if it's your kids? And I think it is. Like, I think, I think that's something that we miss because we're so focused on disliking ourselves yeah. that we forget that it bleeds into every other relationship. And the closer the relationship is, the more of an impact. Yeah. And the good thing is, is that it's positive, too, that for good things... It also becomes generational. Yeah. It becomes you're giving this gift to your kids. And that's and that's really what it was for me. It was my children, my daughter is gonna learn how to love herself by how I love myself. And I have to I have to start now. I have to be able to I have to be able to just be that example for yeah. them and and I have to I have to do better than I'm doing right now. Yeah. And that that then led into definitely reading some books, definitely listening to more stuff and doing some, some, I would, I would legitimately say painful work. Yeah. I would, I would say painful work because Mm. I think that honoring yourself and, and loving who you are requires letting go of a lot of stuff, especially, especially if you didn't have great examples to start yeah. with, especially if you've got poor ingrained habits, yeah, that means reworking and and rewriting, and that's just not comfortable. No, it's not. And that goes right into our topic for the day, which, if you want to go ahead and share the aspect of self value that you feel like is not talked about enough. Yeah, it, it's it really is work. It's it's self-improvement. It's, it's the change that comes when you love yourself enough to change. It's, it's doing all those things that I think to me, it feels natural, you know? And, and I think a reason that I feel like this doesn't get talked about very often and, and it's, it's really uncomfortable to talk about really because, and, and the reason is because we live, I think, in a culture where you just get offended. Yes. Like you're allowed to get offended. Like you hear people talking about, you know, you're allowed to feel this. And and I don't want to devalue the emotions that people are going to feel. But honestly, some emotions are more valid than others. You yeah. know, sometimes we make poor snap judgments. Yeah based on something that somebody said. And and I think that the reason that self-improvement, this idea of I'm going to work to become my best self, and mm-hmm. that means change, yeah. that, that talking about that is uncomfortable because you can offend people. And, and I think sometimes <laughs> I used, and I used to be like this. And, and so I, I, I really, really used to be, so much of a different person and, mm-hmm. and one of my main personality traits was getting offended oh, okay. and 
And it's, it's a poor personality trait. Like, that is something that still needs to go directly into the trash. Yeah. And, like, that, those, that was an aspect of my personality during my formative years of being a teenager. Yeah. And I just got better at masking it as an adult. But, like, that's, that's a big part of who I was. And, and I think that people don't want to talk about self-improvement either because they've conditioned themselves to believe the popular narrative, which is you don't need to change for anybody. You're perfect the way that you are. Yeah. Which is, which I, I realize might sound like whenever I say you've got aspects of yourself that you need to change, it might sound like I'm like flying right in the face of, of, of what I preach, yes. you know, whenever I talk about that. And, and that's, I know that's such a hard thing, you know, so you get people that are, that are kind of, they're caught in that trap of mm-hmm. like, Oh, I, I believe this and this sounds good. So I'm just going to believe that I don't need to change. And that means that I value myself because, you know, if I did value myself, then I love who I am right now. And so I'm just not going to change or like they're afraid of offending people. You know, yeah. and we see that. We see that a lot. We see people who will talk about health and nutrition and fitness. And then a bunch of people get really upset and they say that they're body shaming other people. Yeah. You know, they, they get either offended on behalf of themselves mm-hmm. or they get offended on behalf of other people. Or you have people who want to express their religious perspectives. Yeah. And then you have so many people who then get offended when they're living lives that are contrary to to someone else's belief system you know we just we have people that that get offended and we Mm -hmm. we take offense as just a normal thing and so I think that people are very weary of talking about self-improvement and I'm I'm pretty blunt whenever it comes to self-improvement and so I try to I try to to also be cautious. Yes, yes. Because people people are at they're at whatever level they're gonna be at as far yes. as growth goes. You and, know? And and that's definitely something that deserves consideration as well. Absolutely. I there is an Instagram account that I follow. It's Syat Fitness. It's this fitness instructor, Jordan Syat, and he is a, yeah. talks a lot about what we're talking about, how it's okay to love where you're at, but you also just need to work at it and it's going to be hard and like, that's a good thing. And he always yes. uses this example for nutrition. He's like, for some people, if you're at a, let's say you're at a work meeting and you're on a diet and they bring in like donuts to eat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Donuts. So for some people, success means that you're able to grab the donut, eat it, not feel any shame and then get right back on track and still continue on with trying to be healthy. And then for other people, it means that you're going to deny yourself the donut and feel proud of yourself. And like, it's all about what is the decision that's going to make you the most proud. That's something that he says a lot. And I've, I've thought about that a lot because I feel like I've, I use exercise in his example because that's something that I'm currently trying to get better at. It's just one of these things where I'm currently telling myself, like, I need to be okay with the fact that I didn't work out today, but I also need to not be okay with it so that I'll be motivated to do it. Like, it's just this hard you know, balance to find. So I guess the question for you is how do we find that balance of like, to quote you from the email that you sent me, it says, we're good enough now. We're beautiful. Now we're allowed to love ourselves now. And I know that's true. 
The other thing is, because here's the thing, none of us are our best selves. We're just not. This isn't meant to be a negative thing. I think it's actually a good way to look at who we are because it means there is improvement to be had. There is work to do, things to learn, people to learn from, ways to grow, things to let go of, and new things to love. So how do we reconcile those two things and how do we get to a place where we can and want to do both of those? It's, it's really incredible the journey that, that happens whenever you decide to really value who you are. And, and, and I realize it sounds really contradictory and it sounds really contradictory for me to say, you know, honor who you are, love Mm -hmm. who you are. You are this divine and incredible, wonderful person. And, and whenever I say you're valuable enough now, you're worthy now, it's, it's so much based on you're allowed to love yourself now. And then what I think naturally comes after that is this desire to become more. Mm -hmm. And I think about like your example of wanting to get better at exercising and working out and make that more a part of your life. You know, ideally that's happening for you and for other people because you're looking at yourself and you're like, man, I really like me. Mm. I like my body. I think this is a great gift. This is really good. I'm going to make it better. Yeah. Because if we hate ourselves, then we create this sad and depressing and, and, nihilistic and and pointless view of ourselves and then it gets to the point where we say why bother yeah and we've i think that we have we have all felt that i think that is a very real emotion that we come face to face with often i I mean hopefully hopefully not too often you know but it's definitely something that that we know is something that we've been faced with, you know, like a really simple example. And I have so been there is, you know, you're trying to maintain this healthy lifestyle. You've made points to go ahead and be like, all right, these are the goals that I have set. I want to go ahead and have these health goals Mm -hmm. and you're doing really good. And you've made some pretty good progress. You've got more progress to go, but like you're, you're in a good state, but then chocolate cake happens And then ice cream happens, and then more ice cream happens. And because you tried to somewhat be good, there's ice cream the next day, and there's cake the next day because there's leftovers. And then, like, three days go by, and you realize, oh, man, I've eaten cake and ice cream for two out of the three meals for the past (laughs) three days. And then you just say, and, like, you look at yourself, or you step on the scale, or you pull out a tape measure, and you realize, man, maybe these poor choices have led to some poor consequences and maybe they have. And then you just, you sit down and you're just like, what is the point? Yeah. And you, you grab the ice cream and then you just go to town because yep. what's the point? Yep. That is not out of love. No, none of that is love. None no. of that is value. None of that is caring for oneself. That is pity. That is every bad choice bleeding into bad action like that is that is a very very slippery road to go on and i don't just mean health wise i mean because that is that set of emotions what i just described which is totally funny you know because we've all done that oh yeah but that can go in so many different ways 
Yeah. You know, you've had a bad week with your spouse. It's just been a rough week. And you sit down at the end of the day and you feel like it's just been too much. And you look over at that person and you just wonder, what is the point? Mm-hmm. And then you write off an otherwise beautiful relationship that could have been good, you know, or you look at the progress that you've made within yourself. And, you know, it, it really is such a slippery slope. And I think that those choices and those thoughts do not come when we really, really love ourselves. Because right. when we love ourselves, then we can go ahead and take back and be like, oh, man, I, I just, I value me too much to stop. Yeah. Like maybe I've made some poor choices, but I just, I like, I like this girl so much. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't stop. I can't not do this. I love her too much to digress, yeah. to go backwards any farther. Yeah. You know, or, or I, I love this progress too much. You know, if maybe, maybe if you can't say that you love yourself just yet, like maybe you're still very new on this path to recognizing your individual worth. Right. At the very least, you can just be like, man, this journey is doing something good. Mm-hmm. And I love this path too much yeah. to let it go. So to me, I, I really believe that self-value and self-worth and recognizing who we are, the natural progression, the natural path is self-improvement. Absolutely. Because it's, and it's, it's easier when you can kind of start with, with honoring yourself and then saying, okay, I like these aspects of me. There's some other parts of me that are less than good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of those less than good parts because I love these really good parts. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to let them grow. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I was thinking about as I read your email and I've thought about this topic, cause I, I agree with this topic a hundred percent is this idea of how do we make this mental shift from, you know, what we're talking about. And one thing that I've thought about a lot, and maybe I need to do a whole episode on this, I don't know, it's just this idea of, I feel like there's a new culture coming out of the saying no culture, where you just need to tell people no, and you just need to, like, know your limits, and you need to, like, say no, and say no, and say no. Like, kind of like, you need to clear your calendar, and you need to do this. And I, to, to a degree, I do agree with that. You should learn to say no. But I feel like we've taken it to a fault where we say no to everything because it's just too much. And that would mean I would have to change. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, And so I feel like we put limits on ourselves. Yes. So like, I feel like I've done this too. It's not just everyone else, obviously, where you put limits on yourself when you're constantly saying no, because you're quote, loving yourself by saying no to everything. But then I feel like we do this thing where we're like, well, I know what my limits are and all these other people don't. I'm like, no, you don't know what your limits are. God knows what your limits are. So I think you need to be more in touch with the idea that your limits are bigger than you think what your limits are, if that makes sense. No, that's such a beautiful point. That's such a, and that's really profound too, because the self-improvement that we're talking about is deeply uncomfortable. Yes. Do not, do not think for a moment that change is ever going to be something that you're going to welcome with open arms. I mean, maybe you will initially because you're looking down the line of the future. You're looking down the road and you're like, Oh man, I, one day I could do that. Mm -hmm. And you really want that at the end of the road. But between you and what's, what's further down that line that you're walking towards, 
there is some real change. There is some real change, and it is so easy to exactly like you said. That is that is so profound, Grace, to say to say no, no, I I can't do this, and really we're just saying no to discomfort. Yeah, but we're also exactly. saying no to that person that we could be further down the line, and and isn't isn't that just heartbreaking? You know yeah. that we could we could be so much more, and I think I think that. Now, I, I definitely am speaking completely in theory, and, and I definitely could be wrong, but maybe people's large issues with dissatisfaction with life mm-hmm. currently is because they are saying no too often to things that they could otherwise be saying yes to, Yes, and, and embracing that level of discomfort. Now, now definitely, you gotta, you got to manage you know, oh, you got to manage yes, yourself. Yes. If, and if you are crushing yourself with your own levels or your own ideas of, of what you need to be saying yes to, and it's, it's just, it's not manageable for sure. Oh yeah. But, yeah. But like what you said before, you know, you do not, you do not know your limits. God knows your limits. And, and considering that he is the creator of the divinity that you're looking so hard to honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, he's, he really does just get it. He does. And and if we can if we can be more aware of of the discomfort that he wants us to experience for our greater good, mm-hmm. then I, I think I think our happiness as individuals and then as families and then as a society as a whole would would really grow. Would mm-hmm. really grow. And and it would be really remarkable to yeah. see that, you know, because I think exactly. then instead of getting a culture of people who would be so easily offended, instead you'd be getting this incredible culture of a people who are suddenly championing other people yeah. and encouraging them, yes, go be uncomfortable, go change, go be more. I like you so much right now, mm-hmm. but you, you want to be this person? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support you so much. And I'm going to push you to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, I feel like, I feel like we could get that mm-hmm. and that would be, that'd be amazing. You well, know, and I'm going to use you know a that, very yeah. silly example, but it illustrates <laughs> it. I feel like lately I've been trying to tell myself that in order to be a good parent, I'm going to say yes, unless there's a really good reason to not say yes. And so oh, let, me, let me explain <laughs> Because so many times, like, we're sitting on our couch, and we're looking at our phone, and our kids are like, can we go on a walk? Can we do this? Can we do this? And what do you say to them? You say no. Because I got to keep scrolling on my Instagram feed. Come on. You know? Yes, and then, because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable for me to get up off the couch and take my kids on a walk. This is a very silly yes. example, but I... It, it shows, though, the few times, and I've, that's been my goal, especially during this quarantine right now, where so I'm going to drive myself crazy if I sit on my couch every day looking at Instagram, which there have been times of that, don't worry, but the times that I've chosen, like today was one of those days where I'm like, okay, yes, we can go on a walk, and yes, we can go to that really far place that you want to go that's going to take us an hour to get there, and like, that's okay. <laughs> I ha- We had a much better day today, and I connected with my kids, yeah. and like... It was a beautiful day, and I would have missed all that had I just said, no, that's just too much for me right now. 
You know what I mean? This quarantine is just too much. It's just all too much. Dealing with two little kids or my husband's at work, it's just too much. I just can't do it. Yeah. Like I said, that's a very small, insignificant example, but it's just made me realize that, like, unless there's a really good reason to say no, we need to be saying yes way more. Right. That's, gosh, that's such a good point. That's really humbling because, like, what you described today was, that was just, that was my day. (laughs) Don't worry, I've had those days. My our kids were like, let's go for a walk, and I definitely was 100% like, no. And then my very sweet husband, who in some instances is much more comfortable with being uncomfortable than I am, mm-hmm. happily comes out of our home office and is like, we're going to go for a walk and it's going to be great. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes uh, you saying that I think is just so good. And sometimes we need we need those people in our lives, whether they're really good friends like yourself or there are spouses or other family members who are encouraging us to to say yes and mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable because mm-hmm. you're right it is so much more comfortable physically and emotionally to just to just stay where we're at yeah. whether that's the couch whether that's in a poor relationship with other people or a poor mm-hmm. relationship with yourself whatever that is it feels so much more comfortable to just stay stagnant and the irony of it all is that it's not actually more comfortable because then I go to bed at night hating myself because I sat yes. on the couch all day, you know? Yes, so. and that's really that's really incredible, and that's another really good point. So you say, you know, you go to bed hating yourself, and I bet, I bet that you don't actually hate yourself. Well, no, you're but just I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yes, it's that's a better really way. strong disappointment. Yes, and that's a that's a good thing. Like, let's not knock that, you know, because that. That sense of, man, was I living up to my fullest potential today? Yeah. Like, was I was I being this person? And if you say no to that and you kind of feel that regret, that's a great driving force. That does not mean that you love yourself any less. And, it, and if it's starting to get to that point, then you need to go back and do some self-value work. Yeah. You need to go back and reevaluate and say, hold up, who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I really? Mm-hmm. Who am I really, and what am I working towards? And then recenter yourself there, and then go back to that disappointment and say, okay, this disappointment is because my soul knows I am not who I'm supposed to be right now. My soul knows that I have, I have moved away from the mark. Yeah. I have moved away from where I'm supposed to be, and my soul knows, and it is crying out for more. And so that's... It's, it sounds really odd to say that in, in instances that can be a gift, but it can be a gift. And I have felt so much what you described. You know, you mm. go to bed at the end of the day and you're just like, gosh, I wasted all of this. This was, I don't even remember what I looked at on Instagram. Why did I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, I think that because I've, I've been there. I'm routinely there. I'm yeah. by no means any sort of a master in this. But I, I definitely believe that that disappointment can be a driving force for the next day because then we can say, okay, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow I work on being a better Melinda. Tomorrow I work on being a better Grace. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you break the mold tomorrow. It doesn't mean that you're going to go out and and do a million things and completely exhaust yourself. Like, like what if we just decided that 
we were going to improve ourselves by 1% each day. Yeah. Like that's, that's the equivalent of that is putting your dirty socks in the laundry basket at the end of the day and not leaving them on the floor. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's kind of basic, but it's, it's really simple. But then you've got a year where you were doing these really small 1% things and, and suddenly you have broken the mold of who you used to be. You have transformed yourself. Yeah. You have become more. And, and those little setbacks of where we have a day where it's not our best day, those setbacks don't completely rewrite the good that we have accomplished. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like this is where we need to talk about how do we avoid the trap, though, of never being satisfied with ourselves? Because I feel like this could lead to that. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you're yeah. sitting here thinking, like, I'm never... you're Because you're never going to live up to your full potential every single day. Right. So how it's do so you true. avoid getting into that mindset, I guess? Yeah. That is... That is definitely something that you have to take time... And I think look back and see where you came from and where you currently are. Yeah. For me, that has been that has been a gift to be able to look back and see, okay, the Melinda of the past, let's evaluate her. And that doesn't mean that I tear her down by any stretch of the imagination. Honestly, whenever I think about my past self, I just, oh gosh, Grace, I just want to hold her. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to hold her. But she definitely has some faults you know and the me 10 years from now is gonna look at the me now and is gonna say you know very much the same thing and so I think whenever we're trying to not be completely disappointed by ourselves and not be really caught up in and not being able to be satisfied with what we've done and 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 just because that that runs into the world of you know nihilism you know that runs into the world of you know what's the point then Mm -hmm. if I'm never going to live up to myself anyway what is the point Mm -hmm. and I think the point is noting the progress yeah the point is being able to look back and say oh gosh I am not her anymore and I am so proud yeah I'm so thankful you know and I think a really good time to do that is when you get done doing something really, really difficult. I think that a really great time to do that is whenever you go through something really painful or whenever you make a painful choice, you know, and you, you look back through that, you know, you've come out on the other end, you've done your really difficult thing. You've you've gone through this kind of tough trial or you've just made it to the end of a really difficult day Mm -hmm. and you take a minute and you're just like, Oh man, a year ago, I would have just lost it. Right. (laughs) Because, You know, the fact that you just did this hard thing, the fact that you just made it through this difficult thing, that means there is strength that you developed. There is there is growth that happened and it's it's measurable. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem measurable in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if you can look at it with more time in between where you are now and who you once were, then and that's great. And I find that that's best measured by experiences. Yeah. It's best measured. You know, it really is like working out. You know, you go into the gym and you're trying to lift weights and you have to start with really lightweight. And, you know, you're a week in 
and you're looking at the mirror and you're really hopeful, but there's no progress that's been made yet. Yep. <laughs> it can be really disheartening. <laughs> and it can feel like, okay, what's the point? I'm just not going to do this. Or you can just say, well, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. And then the next thing you know is you've been doing this for six months. And not only have you noticed like this physical change, but suddenly you're not using that lightweight anymore. Yeah. Suddenly you now are, you're, you're in it. You're in this great pocket of muscle development and your weight has gone up and you're able to do harder things and you're able to do them with more strength and more determination. And it's very much the same way with this. It's so much the same with self-improvement. You know, in the beginning, it feels like very little. Mm-hmm. It feels like so little was accomplished. Right. And and it, it is easy to get down on yourself because you're not you're not going to be perfect every day. Unfortunately, you know? yeah. And and some days, sometimes it's many days in a row. They're just not your best days. Yeah. But you you keep driving forward, and and you make that progress, and it and it will be measurable. In fact, I would argue that there's more measurable, notable progress for the good in people mm-hmm. than they probably initially recognize. I believe that. I definitely believe that. Um, I'm going to read a quote that you sent me that you said. Um, it says, <laughs> I have seen in myself what self-worth can do. I've seen how loving who I am can completely change who I am. I love me, so I work to become my best self. What's she like? How confident of a woman is she going to be? What's the better of what's the better me of five years from now gonna be like? I'm really excited to meet that girl. How did you get to this stage where you can say that and what have you seen in your life specifically that has come about because of self worth and therefore self improvement? Oh man. So one, I'm honored that I'm so quotable. I don't know how many people have experienced what it's like to be quoted back (laughs) to themselves, but when Grace is doing it, it's awesome. (laughs) I feel like I sound so good. Oh my gosh, you do. (laughs) I feel like I just need to like post your email that you sent me. It was all wonderful. (laughs) No, no, I, I feel like getting to that point, getting to the point where I'm just excited to meet this next version of myself is... One, I've got big goals. I've got, I've got some of those scary big goals that you kind of, you write them down and you write them down at the end of a notebook and you write them really small mm-hmm. because you're kind of afraid for other people to read them because yeah. they're, they're kind of like that laughable. Yeah. There's like, who in the world is going to believe these? But there's, there's something in you that's kind of like, but what if, mm-hmm. like, what if, what if I could do this? What if I could become this? And you... And and you kind of want it, you know, like, but you're afraid to want it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And, and some of those are business related. Some of those are, you know, involving my kids and the relationship that I have with my husband. But I think a good deal of them are just for me. Yeah. They're just for me. I, I just really... I just really like me and mm-hmm. and I like me so much now because I remember who I was and I wasn't great. Yeah. And people, I believe sometimes 
they forget that the people that they're interacting with at one time were they were someone else. Yeah. The the people that we encounter, they did not become who they were or who they are now. You know, you say that you were terribly shy growing up. Right. You were so shy. And people that meet you now don't know that girl. Right. You know, they just they just know the grace that you worked really hard to become now. Mm-hmm. And and so like that's that's something that you get to celebrate that's something that you get to look at yourself and and be really really proud of and for me it's very much the same way it's very much I remember who I was and I was not someone that you would have wanted to be friends with I was not someone that you would want your children to be friends with I was I just was not great and I feel like I feel like you know I used to have people that would kind of stop me and be like don't say that about yourself and I'm kind of like hold up you you need to know you, you need to know and it's not me hating myself it's not me not valuing myself this is me truly recognizing the work that was involved mm-hmm. to change and become who I am because I am so much more now and and it's because of that work and so I I love who I am now I I feel excited about meeting the future me because if I keep working at this current level of self-improvement, maybe those really big goals that I wrote in really small writing at the end of one of my many notebooks, maybe that's going to happen. Like maybe I, maybe I get to meet her and I am really excited to meet her Yeah. because she's just going to be more than who I am now because who I am now is so much more than who I used to be. Mm-hmm. And who I used to be wasn't truly horrible, but she wasn't great. Right. And I feel like I feel like I'm pretty great now. Yeah. And so in five, ten years, if I keep up this current level of progress, I mean that just like I, I say it now and I just get excited. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just get excited. And I, I see the changes that happen, you know, in my life. Like we were talking, um, you know, earlier about the fear of getting trapped in, um, in not being satisfied. And yeah. I said, if we can look back and we can see where we've made improvements, I feel like that has been something that has been a notable marker of how this is, you know, changed things in my life, how it's changed my relationships. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I wasn't sure if I was, if I was going to share this experience or not. Like I talked briefly about it whenever I gave that talk in, in stake conference for our church. Um, but it was very, very brief mm-hmm. and, and it definitely did not necessarily go into detail, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's worth sharing because it, this was a really, it was a notable point in my life where I realized in a very deep level that I was not who I once was. So I, I have a really close relationship with my two younger sisters and I was talking to my youngest sister and we were, it was just, it was a few years ago and we were just chatting over, you know, like Skype one day and it was just a great, just a good little chat. And, um, we were just talking about, you know, old times growing up, 
you know, how you do. Mm-hmm. And a, a little bit of backstory. I, um, I grew up with a really good dad. I grew up with a really, really great dad. He was a really, really, really good man. Just like I, I put him on a pedestal, my poor dad. <laughs> Anytime that we would, you know, be tasked to write the talk on who's your hero, you know, who, who's the greatest person, you know, like every one of those was my dad. I was like, my dad, he hangs the moon. It's fine. Calm down. (laughs) You know, like, like just big, big deal, big, big stuff. And, and that's just always how my dad was. And, you know, at this point of talking to my sister, our dad had, you know, been, been gone, you know, he passed away for several years and so, you know, we're talking, we're just talking about good old times. Um, but then Emma brought up like really what our childhood was like. And it was not, it was, it was not good. Um, you know, we were, we were pretty, pretty routinely, uh, smacked around by, by our dad. And it was, it was pretty dramatic. You know, we would, it was, it was a lot, you know, even, even talking about it now, I kind of, I just, I just kind of feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember whenever Emma brought that up and she didn't bring it up in any kind of like shaming type way. She was just, she was just a little sister talking to her big sister, expressing worries, expressing fears and concerns that, were created in a five-year-old little girl, you know, and, and I realized in that moment that I had forgotten. I had forgotten all of that about my childhood. And for years I had thought that my childhood was this really beautiful, magical thing. And that I had the perfect dad, like the perfect dad. And, and I had, I had forgotten that it was not that way. It was, it was not that way at all. There was a lot of yelling and a lot of fear and a lot of other not, not great things. Mm-hmm. And I had just forgotten all of it. And it, it felt like it hit me like a train. And I remember ending that conversation with my sister and, and feeling angry, like, you know, sometimes we use words and we don't actually use them to the fullest extent of their meaning. Yeah. I was angry. I was angry, so angry. And it felt like this thick, misty, just permeable, sinking, damp, chill, wrapping itself just around all of me. And... I just, I just remembered all of it. I remembered the growing up and I remembered all of these experiences and I felt angry because I felt like I'd lied to people because I had given, I'd given talks in church about how great a dad, you know, a great yeah. uh, dad my dad was. Like, I felt like I'd lied to people. I felt like I'd lied to myself. I felt like I'd lied to my husband. You know, I, I just... I just felt like I'd lied to people and that I had been lied to. And then obviously, you know, the, the anger and the frustration that I felt to my dad, like, how could he be this type of father to his kids? How could he, how could he choose this? 
you know, just, just all of those emotions. And I remember having a really distinct thought that if I could not forgive my father, then this would destroy me, that it would cripple the person that I was and that who I was then would be completely eviscerated and there would be nothing left that whatever kind of a person I was trying to become, I would be a shell of her. And all that would be left would be bitterness and and anger and deep, deep hate. Yeah. And it would it would leave me with nothing. And and realizing that I I just knew I had to I had to forgive my dad. And the whole process happened really fast. Like, like really, really fast over the course of just a few days, wow. which to me is, is absolutely miraculous, absolutely, absolutely miraculous, because I remember my childhood now. I very much remember its imperfections, and I remember there were good times, right? but there was a lot of really rough times, but I, I really did, I really have forgiven my dad, and I am, I'm I feel gratitude that he was my dad. I'm really excited to meet him again and meet him with a really clean slate mm-hmm. and and to just to just love him and I love him now. I love him now and I have gratitude for him now and the father that he was. Like I I really do feel that. And as I look back on that experience and how it happened, to me that is directly correlated to the work that I did one of loving myself and then two of working on trying to just improve me yeah. because what if a weaker me encountered that what if a weaker me remembered all of that then would I have been able to to overcome that would I have been able to forgive as easily right. would I have been able to move past that would it, you know, there, there are so many questions and I really just believe that, that because I did the work that I did, that it made that really trying experience, that really chaotic time more, not even, not even manageable. It's not, that's not the right word. There's there's so much more I would transcendent I would say transcendent and had that work not happened had progress not been made had I not been working to become a different person I don't know that I would have been able to forgive my dad I don't know that I'd be able to have the current level of peace that I feel yeah and so I think that you know that's a really a really good way to measure progress you know like I said earlier if you take the time to go ahead and see, you know, what hard thing have I overcome that maybe a lesser version of myself wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. And, and when you, when you take the time to be able to do that, when you say, Oh man, this hard work is, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, and it needs to be hard. It needs to be hard because the rewards for this are great are really, really great because let me tell you, being able to forgive an abusive parent and being able to love them despite that and just just not have it be something that you carry over their head. Like you just, it's just not, 
it's just not a problem. Yeah. That is that is so miraculous, and that is because of work that was done, and it's because you took the time. It's because I took the time. It's because people like like me, people who have exercised this incredible miracle of forgiveness, have taken the time to do the work to become the person that could do a really hard thing. Right. And that that is self-improvement. That is that is progress. And and it happens because you love yourself enough to to do the work. Yeah. Well, I am very inspired and was not expecting such a touching story. I think that's just a, such a testament that self-improvement is worth it. That alone, you know. I just want to thank you for being willing to come on the podcast today. I well, I told you before we started recording, recording, but I when I first started this podcast, I was sitting on the couch over Christmas break with my brother, and he was kind of, you know, talking me through some stuff. And in my mind, I just was like, there's this girl that I want to interview and she's like my number one person I want to interview, but I, I don't want to use her right away because then I feel like <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I have to like keep her in my back pocket and wait. Oh, no. And he was like, look, as long as you hold on to your best people, you're limiting yourself and you won't be able to like expand your podcast because you have these people that you're holding on to. So just bring your all stars out right away. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I will. And what a pocket of all-stars you have. Yes, like, I do. Like this, I realize I am, so I I warned you, Grace, before I did this, that I have no <laughs> desire for light, fluffy things. Yes. I like light, fluffy things, but I'm, I'm not that person. I'm not the person. And I'm, I'm not, not either. I'm not the, I'm not the fair weather friend. Yeah, same. You know, you same. don't, you don't call me to talk about the light, fluffy things. We have really deep, kind of intense conversations. Yes. And so... That's, yeah, your your podcast has been full of good people that you want to keep in your back pocket. And so I feel like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm pretty intense, but the good thing is, is because your, your pocket of people is so wonderfully diverse, you've mm. got other really good podcasts that if people feel like this one was a little bit much, they can go, <laughs> and they can listen to other really good ones that, that are just as joyous right. and enlightening and and I think I think every I think everything that you do really has this underlying theme of what we talked about today which is value who you are yes. and work forward yes I feel like that's just if, if I had to sum up what you create that's that's so much what it is and it's a joy to listen to it yes well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. And I I definitely thrive off of validation on this podcast because it's definitely a scary thing to put yourself out there like this. So I appreciate you. Sense. And I am so grateful that we are friends, even though we do not get to spend nearly enough time together that we should and could. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. This is one of those things where I feel like I feel like this validates when I spend excessive amounts of time on Instagram because that's the only time that I get to like see you it's and so interact true. with you. And so you are, you know, kind of feeding my downtime. And so 
this works out really good because yeah. now I have to see what Grace is up to. Right. I have to see what magical things you're cooking. I have to see <laughs> and hear about the incredible people that you talk to so that I can learn from them. So this this kind of validates that, and I, I appreciate that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, and I, once again, you have built me up in our short friendship of almost a year now, and I am so glad that you came on today. Thank you. It's been a a true, true humbling honor. You're so sweet. If you like what you hear on this podcast or other episodes, I would just encourage you to share it with your friends and family. I know this episode was particularly motivating for me, and hopefully it was motivating for you as well. I know I can do so much better with self-improvement, and I know that hopefully as we learn to love ourselves more, we can also be directed to want to improve ourselves more. As always, if you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is to go into Apple Podcasts and give me a review, or share it on your Instagram or other social media outlets. You can always follow me at SheBuildsMeUp on Instagram or email me. I always love to hear from my listeners. 